This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Friday night, 11 o'clock Eastern Daylight Standard Time, and uh, it's time for Explain Yourself with a guest who could probably do this uh, intro himself. He's been on enough that you might not be a guest. You might be a, 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 a pseudo co-host, Chris. Welcome back. Thank you. You know, I was just thinking, how can I get on that intro? I want to be on the one of the clips. <laughs> I, you know, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll shoot a message to Joey Galvez. He's the one who cut it for us. Uh, he surprised us with it. And uh, uh, since, uh, you know, he was nice enough to do it without us asking, we have never asked him to uh, make any changes. We're just, we're just happy with what we got. So uh, we'll, we'll get to Joey and see what we can do about that. Um, welcome back. Uh, you you are the creator in the spotlight this week. We didn't have anybody else who was going live that needed to talk. And we're like, well, let's let's uh, have Chris on and just do a more laid back. Let's, as I was saying before the show, let's get into your your hero origin story. Uh, before we do that, uh, my 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 other hero, Will. Uh, how has your week been? A uh, very uh, very busy and fast. I guess you know. I guess it's better than being bored. So, you know, it uh, seemed to zip on by. Yeah, I set up the show today. I normally do it on Tuesday. And I did apologize to Chris for that because in my head today is Tuesday. So I am on the same mental spot that you are. And I'm not sure if that's good that we're on the same uh brain level or extraordinarily <laughs> bad. Um, let's find out. Um, no, so... When we got one creator on, uh, we kind of want to sit back and kind of go more on like, like, how how did you get from you know toddling uh, to and fro to comic book creator? So, what was right. the first? Not necessarily the first comic you read, but um, what was the first type of a creation that made you think, I I, I love fantastical types of storytelling it could be comics it could be sci-fi fantasy uh you know so my parents my family all have this uh anecdote of when i was a baby they would just uh so, I, so i'm I, i'm relatively young but uh old enough to still have been a child when there was vcrs and you could run through tapes so they used to put toy story on for me like nonstop, like where we went through apparently multiple tapes of Toy Story that I, I I would rewatch over and over again. So I think it's something that's just been like ingrained. And I'm honestly so so lucky they chose to Toy Story to like become the movie. Imagine they chose some garbage movie. I feel like the fact that it was Pixar, um, everything about their storytelling is rock solid. Yeah. Um, their worlds, mm -hmm. their 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 characters, everything is just always. Uh, uh, perfectly well done and crafted so um but yeah i think that was that was the first thing dude and I, i've always loved that movie it's always had a special place in my heart i don't i haven't watched it recently i can't bring myself to 
to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to watch Toy Story because I guess my lizard brain has watched it 10 million times. So, but <laughs> like, I'm I bet you happy. when you do, I bet you when you do, you're going to be like, oh, this is better than I thought it was. Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. You know, because you got so sick of it at one point, you knew every turn, you knew everything, but you, mean, you've, you've forgotten a lot of the subtleties now. Mm -hmm. And I bet you're going to be like, oh, crap, why did I wait this long? Oh, 100%. 100%. But that's a great thing. I, you know, I don't know if, if you've got kids uh, or not. Do you, not do you have any? You don't have any? Okay. So here's the great thing. Uh, Will, I think you missed this because your, your boys are so old. We are in the golden age of kids' movies. Like the movies that they make for kids now are pretty great. I think back to the crap that my parents had to watch because i was a little kid and i wanted to watch it <laughs> compared to the stuff that like you know kubo and the two strings is like one of my favorite movies it's not just one of my favorite kids movies it's one of my favorite movies it's incredible i would have never seen that if my kid wasn't six you know it's like it's it's a good time for kids movies and uh will you were probably watching I don't know what were you, what? the boys actually. Um, I mean, we grew up on a lot of cartoon work stuff, Samurai Jack, Powerpuff Girls, you know, that era. Well, that sounds good. Uh, and but the the movie that they can quote verbatim is Disney's Hercules. And okay, I, I love that. I love that movie too, just because it's you know, this, there's so much Greek mythology fused in there, but a lot of fast talking, you know, really, really, you know, snappy dialogue and and you know he comes and everything it's it's a he's really... a guy he's a guy <laughs> that's the only line that i'll i'll, I'll quote him. he's a guy okay yeah, so i've got i've got movie. a story about disney circulates my my buddy yeah. i lived up in new york for a little while and my buddy goes and i don't remember if this was sotheby's or is christie's the other auction house yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't know if it's Sotheby's or or Christie's, but somehow he he was able to get us into an auction, and it was a Disney auction. Oh. So we went there, and they had cells from I believe it it was from Mulan. So we're we're sitting there, and they're selling you know this this cell of Mulan, and it was you know things were going for like four thousand, five thousand dollars. So I was sitting directly on my hands as hard as I could because I didn't I didn't want to sneeze I didn't want anything because I was so afraid that I was gonna you know I wasn't gonna walk yeah, away with a $5,000 sell because at that point I had like 60 bucks in my bank account but I would, <laughs> either way I was just there for the excitement and um so it went through the whole time and everything was going for like two thousand three thousand five thousand dollars you get you wow. get kind of used to the those type of amounts and they had a production cell of Hades. I, I can't remember if it was before, if Mulan came before Hercules, but I think, I don't think it had come out yet, but they had the villain. And so, you know, they started, you know, $1,000, $2,000, $3,000, $5,000. Okay, cool. And so once they got up to like $20,000, which was higher than anything had gone all morning, they started going in increments of, of 5000 25,000, boom, 30,000. there's somebody on the phone up in the corner. So I don't know who that, that guy was, but somebody somebody was so rich, they didn't have to show up at the auction. They had somebody on the phone who was like <laughs> yeah. telling them. So like 25,000, 30, 35,000, 40. They got up to 50,000. Then they started doing 10,000. And so it was 60,000, 70,000. And now, now it's like the audience, every time that it hits, you're like, oh, oh. <laughs> and, and I think that it ended up going for $95,000. I don't think it hit six wow. figures, but it was like 85000 <laughs> or 95000 where finally the person on the phone, they didn't raise their hand. It was so exciting to watch these two rich MFers go <laughs> at each other for a cell of Hades. And uh, so... I, you know, but I was, I was still, I was still so afraid that I was going to like scratch my 105,000 for the idiot in the back. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, that's, that's my, that's the, the one and only uh, auction I've been at. And I was smart enough not to accidentally bid on anything, but there was one moment where I was like, maybe I should just be the first bidder for like $300. Cause I know somebody else is going to overbid me, but then what if they didn't? 
Exactly. Right. But yeah. even even three hundred dollars was a risk, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you've been able to say you have a great story, like just like an extra extra little kicker on the story, you know. But yeah. no, I feel going like in I jail for uh, for uh, fraudulently bidding on the Disney <laughs> yeah. in New York. Yeah. Um, so well, Toy Story is great. So at what mm-hmm. point did you go from I love these type of stories to I kind of maybe I can make these stories. Okay. That's that, you know, I think somebody posted something like that on Twitter recently and they were talking about their origin stories. Um, I think the thing that made me go like, yeah, I can like really like do this was watching. Okay. I think it was an Alan Moore clip and he was saying like, you need like having things that inspire you are great, but sometimes you need those things that are like horrible that make you realize that like you can do that too. And I think it was like Ad Astra or something. It was like that sci-fi um, movie with uh, um, it was just, it was a terrible with Brad Pitt, I think, and it was horrible, and I hated it. Oh, and okay. I was like, <laughs> this this movie was so bad that I need to stop fucking around and start to 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 like really <laughs> write. And yeah, I just like started writing a little bit more. You're like, they, Hollywood needs me. <laughs> yeah, yes, literally. I still feel that way. I Brad needs me. Like, Brad needs me. Even when yeah, they all do, they all do. Uh, and to this day, I, I, I feel that way. And I'm going to keep feeling that way. But yeah, that definitely started getting me to like really want to. I've always been wanted to write, but that was where I was like, okay, maybe I'm not as far away as I think I am, you know, and I just need to start like getting out there more. And, you know, it's slowly progressed into uh, landing on, okay, let me write comics. And then because, you know, comics is just one of those, it's just the only really medium I feel like that's as accessible where anyone could get in there and like have access to like direct directly to an audience. Like if you, get in with like a, a great product you can you can start off on a really great start right there's no like there are gatekeepers obviously but like really at the end of the day like no one's if you have something great no one's going to stop you yeah. um mm-hmm. whereas in like you know if you have a movie script and you want that made like it could be amazing you got to go through a lot of people and a lot of people uh a lot of pocketbooks and a lot of <laughs> a lot of uh businessmen to to get that done <laughs> Whereas yeah. with comics, you know, if it's, if you have some some capital uh, to invest in, and then with Kickstarter, you can find an audience and just uh, get it done that way. So um, it, it pivoted to to comics and um, sequential storytelling was always something I loved. I've read a lot of manga, so once I was like, all right, let me do comics and like start putting stuff out. It was like it, it just has progressed from there. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I... well, so from a comic standpoint, you know, we've. You know, the Toy Story origin, the uh, I can do better than that piece of crap origin <laughs> for, for writing. You know, you, you talk manga. What what particular, you know, what particular stories in manga or even, you know, American comics drew you in? You know, what's what 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 hooked you in comics? So for if it comes to sequential storytelling, it was definitely growing up. It was mostly manga because I use just something I can access easily uh-huh. online everywhere um i feel like that wasn't something that became super accessible from the big two until relatively more recently than than comic than manga right like i i've been on forums doing you know uh, writing on forums doing role play online role play on forums like an absolute nerd but um so yeah it was like writing was always sort of closely linked to me reading and reading mangas like i mean a lot of the the popular stuff like naruto bleach like that kind of stuff and um and yeah and and a lot of the more mainstream comic stuff i consumed through other medium right like um spider-man cartoons batman Mm -hmm. cartoons like avengers cartoons all like the the beginnings of the marvel movies obviously like so like there was the stuff that i read and then there was i the vision of what comics could end up being um that were it was sort of like always around me right like i like comics was either like something that i like like i read it and it was also like wow this it's bigger than comics like Mm -hmm. comics aren't just this medium um it's like these characters have transcended that uh in 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 my time so um 
but 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 yeah there was definitely a lot of the big the big popular stuff um was was what was really like driving me to to read and like just stuff that like the just the weekly grind of things just like something to look forward to weekly um definitely was something i was always really into but it is also sort of crafted how i write because i've always i i kind of hate that like you love it but you hate it uh, uh and like i always hated the idea of like getting like only some like just enough of the story for you to come back for the next one mm-hmm. so it's also like definitely had influence on like what i write i feel like if you get an issue f- from chris moses you're going to get a full you're going to get a full satisfying bite of the of the apple um from that one issue uh in itself right and that's yeah. that's it's, it's it's definitely interesting to see how that stuff from the past is like influenced the now well, sure. and yeah, it's a little bit of the the Ad Astra is like, what what did I feel they could have done better when I was the person? I I, I kind of reminds my favorite band is Aerosmith, but I remember the the dudes from Metallica saying that they, they treat their fans the way they were pissed at Aerosmith, like merch team treating them, like mm. <laughs> like they, <laughs> they had a problem with the merch and they were just basically told that's your goddamn problem. So then Metallica, when they made it big, was like, well, we can't be Aerosmith. And I love Aerosmith. They, those those idiots can do anything they want. They can steal all my money. I don't care. But seeing seeing what, what left you wanting more and now giving it to to your audiences, I think it's a smart way to to go. You should always be learning from what people do right and, and fixing what you felt like they they weren't doing right. Um, Absolutely. So, so Absolutely. I noticed, um, and, and I'm, I'm going to ask, uh, as if you could put up your, your newest, uh, your newest Kickstarter link. This one oh, is, um, oh, I'm, I, I was on it and then I want to, I summoned a demon and she's kind of my type, which is one of the better, <laughs> uh, one of the better titles I've seen on Kickstarter in a very long time. <laughs> Uh, you told us about it last time, that. and I was like, "Heck yeah, we're I'm 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 part of that." Um, I appreciate that. But the art feels like extremely strong. Like the Matt Groening thing of when you're doing a cartoon, you want each character to have a very specific profile. And I mm. noticed that your artist it has such a strong sense of each character being their own um, cartoon. No, it's not cartoony. It's not too cartoony, but I feel like there's that's something to it. Did that come from the the manga background, or did you just find it with the artist when you uh, brought the concept to them? So, uh, so the artist F Killer, he's amazing. Uh, he's awesome. I had worked with him on a, a variant cover for the Saturn Effect Alpha Five, and uh, I, you know, I was I developed this idea, and I was like looking for an artist, and uh, we we uh, I picked him. I had him do a couple designs and he, he was definitely um, on the right direction from the beginning. Uh, but when we were designing these characters and continuing to continuing to develop them, it was very much uh, at the forefront of our minds that you wanted to boil down these designs so that you could just understand who they were from a really, really rough sketch, right? And mm-hmm. I think if you can understand and recognize a character from that, then you have a strong design. So it was really boiling to, like each character to their essential sort of, uh, you know, piece you know, in their design. Right. Uh, our main character, Hajime. Right. He has this sort of like this hair right here. It kind of looks like a leaf. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, that's that's how you, we know every time when he's doing a sketch, that's that's that character. And it's everything sort of just like is building from these so small iconic aspects of them that uh, that makes them very distinct. From this is probably the least important question of all, but it's the one I have. Um, do we ever see the other eye or is it such a strong concept that that hair is always there? The, you know, the hair has is has been there. The hair has been there, but you <laughs> may get a glimpse. You might get okay. a glimpse. It's not like it doesn't exist. Right. But yeah, it's like small things like that that make characters stand out. Uh, the character right. Suki, the the demon, she has she has the bang in front of her her eye, and it's very like makes it her it very iconic of mm-hmm. uh, of who she is, and like makes her stand out. So yeah, it was definitely something we were keeping in mind. But it's also part of just how awesome F Killer's style is. Character design is definitely really 
uh, at the top of his skill set. Um, yeah, for sure. I just I just love the diff different line weights, and I I noticed that when I was going through the page this morning. So I, I've I've kind of got a question for you. This yeah. this is for me. I mean, it, it impresses me that you've done a lot of what I would consider you know consider. Yeah. You're looking at the yeah, page. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it does jump out at you, doesn't it? Will yeah, yeah, it does. this is a great uh, cover? You, you've done a lot of uh, what I would consider, um, uh, you know, like hard science fiction or science fiction, mm -hmm. uh, you know. And so this is a stretch. Is this, uh, you know, how how did you feel? I mean, because these, you know, once you kind of get in a groove, you're like, hey, I'm in a sci-fi groove. It's what I'm known for. I'm gonna. I can do it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it well, and I, you know, I'm, I'm confident. But this is kind of a 180 away from sci-fi, and, and you know, you're stretching some creative muscles here. How? I, and obviously, it's succeeding very well. So first mm -hmm. off, congratulations on that. Thank you. But uh, how? How? How does that feel? You know, moving almost like 180 from where you kind of your comfort zone was into doing this. So I think that's like a two part, I have a two part answer. So I'd say one, I feel like uh, this is all, all stuff I've, you know, I've been into, obviously the not safe for work stuff we're we're optimizing for Kickstarter, but that's more of that cartoony sort of aspect of storytelling. Like, I feel like I grew up in the, like the, the golden age of cartoons, you know, like <laughs> everything I was in car on, on Cartoon Network, everything on Nickelodeon, even the Disney channel uh, was spitting. Um, and you know, there's just a lot of great cartoons that I that I enjoyed, and then some that I enjoyed later uh, as an adult. Going back, uh, things that I may have missed, like uh, Steven Universe and things like that. Um, so, like, and I've written a lot of pilots and other comedy things. So I feel like it was a muscle that I, I've done. I have actually practiced a lot with. It's just it's not something that my comics audience is necessarily has seen. Definitely. And it's mm -hmm. it's some like I'm I'm a very multifaceted writer, I'd say, and I feel like. Uh, uh, sci-fi at first and doing comics was like the escape from doing some more realism stuff or more of the grounded mm -hmm. stuff. And it just happened to be the thing I really ran with with comics because um, it, it's also one of the, the places that you really can tell your really crazy sci-fi stories. That's like a perfect place mm -hmm. for comics because of like, like you can actually see it. Like mm -hmm. uh, the CGI and the effects to make that in a movie is in, yeah. incredibly expensive, but a comic book, you find a great artist, a, a great team, and you can put it together for 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 something that, that makes sense. Um, yeah, it costs the same to have two guys punch each other as to have one guy blow up a planet. Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. a page, it's two pages, <laughs> you know. Exactly. So it makes it a lot, it made it a lot more, um, it just made sense for me to keep doing that. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm a multifaceted writer, so I, I've, I've, I've wanted to tell some stuff like this and, you know, uh, my, uh, my cartoon pilot isn't coming out anytime soon. So, um, well, because of the writer strike, I know that you can't, yeah. you can't tell us anything about it because of that. Yeah. I know that's what, uh, of course, of course, of course. But um, as soon as you ink the, the, the WG inks it, you come back on and you tell us about of it. Course, of course. <laughs> but I, I also felt like, um, I, so I wanted to do cartoon telling storytelling and, uh, I think this is like the perfect way to sort of do that um, and then do, make it in, in a way that you, you couldn't do anywhere else. Like you mm -hmm. couldn't find this comic anywhere else other than Kickstarter. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to flex, flex the muscles for sure. But also uh, I, I'm a publisher too. Red Sea Comics is mm -hmm. at, at, at right now. It's most it's all my stuff. But um, and so since it's all me, it's I, I have to expand and try and grab new audiences and grab new people to come and read, read my stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's just uh, for anyone that wants to do work on Kickstarter and make Kickstarter, um, like uh, a thing that can per perpetually move, uh, you need to have multiple audiences that are, that are gravitating towards different IPs. Right. So you can't just stay and do one. If you have a sci-fi title, like you can have a different sci-fi title with a, a sort of different audience, but, um, it's not going to give you a completely new or a lot new, uh, more a lot more people than say uh, like a a total 180 or, or or something that's further away from it so like soma city i would consider a, a noir that was the last campaign i did mm -hmm. um but just the premise is almost sci-fi-esque and so it, it made it just seem like a lot like stuff that i've done previously so doing something different allows for me to hit new eyes and 
and uh, expand the reach of Red Sea Comics. And I, I hope to continue to do that um, and find new places to to expand in, you know, whatever I, I think could be uh, a good place for me to hop in and tell an awesome story and mm-hmm. um, and hopefully uh, <laughs> make some money, too. So, yeah, it's, it's never <laughs> well, a bad thing. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, qu- one 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 follow up question for you. Sure. Have there been any knock knockdown drag out fights between publisher Chris and writer Chris? Uh, you know, honestly, you I feel like you you might be surprised, but they're they're the same animal. They're the same beast. We want the same thing. Yeah. So um, when it, I feel like I I have a, a like a good thought process, and when it comes to writing and, and compartmentalizing where things needs to be, I think a project just needs to do what it needs to do right not everything it needs it just needs to hit the objective right mm-hmm. it needs to deliver on what uh you're promising with with whatever product you're you're bringing putting out there and you know not everything needs to be like this is going to be the next great american novel this is going mm-hmm. to be the next great you know whatever whatever like the the goal is to do your best on whatever that is right like mm-hmm. if my goal is to put out uh, a sexy um supernatural comic right like it my goal wasn't to make i summon the demon the absolute best comic book ever it was for me to do the best i could making this specific comic book so mm-hmm. uh it's the, like they're they're on the same same wavelength right like we, we they both want the same things and at the end of the day like uh publisher chris is going to make it so that writer chris can publish whatever he wants right so, nice. so if you if you come up with something that isn't very marketable, like this one is obviously highly marketable. Like just the title, before I knew it was not safe for work, I was just like, yeah. Then you know, <laughs> when I see the image, I, it's not safe for work, which is a, a great thing on Kickstarter, and it's well worth doing if um, if you have a book that actually fits it. I don't think for sure. I don't think you should just throw a TNA cover on a book that's uh, you know not adult inside at all I, I think that's a waste um but i think if you're doing kind of a a titillating story inside then i think you should take advantage of how the platform works as you are um but yeah i just i i think that it is a very very marketable book so but if writer chris comes up with something that is anti-marketable <laughs> would publisher chris let him write it and not well i bet publisher chris would definitely let him write it would publisher chris let him hire an artist to draw it that's a great question and you know there's plenty of things in the red sea vault right now i've been i've honestly been on a tear i'm not gonna lie so there's a lot of good cool stuff coming out um but yeah i it's it's definitely a a good question a lot of the time um you know publisher chris would probably get a pillow and before it got before it got anywhere you know honestly if that's not that that's sort of how publisher chris is rolling right now but um it, you know i think there is in all seriousness i do think there there's room for um you know your highly marketable campaign mm-hmm. and then your your passion project right or or something mm-hmm. that might not necessarily have the the biggest audience or it's in, in a genre that you love like you yeah. know sci-fi like if or if, if kevin wanted to put out another like mm-hmm. tart-esque book you know like mm-hmm. um it's, it's so, same sort of same sort of idea right like i sort of uh picture or uh i categorize um kickstarters into two sort of categories right you have expanding campaigns the highly marketable ones the ones that might be in a different genre um that like will expand your your audience and the people that are backing you on your campaign and this is an easy metric for you to check anyone you know kickstarter has their own um you know returning new backers sort of metric but then there's also things like backer kit where you can sort of really measure like okay this is the amount of people from my other stuff this is the amount of new people i have um and so an expander would obviously be one where there's a lot more new people and then you have your consolidating campaigns where you'd have a lot more of your returning backers being the people right. coming towards you, right? Yeah, uh, and there's, your regulars, basically. Exactly. And there's a, there's merit for both of them, right? And so, right. Um, like, if it depended on what I felt was needed for the slate um, coming up, mm-hmm. right? If I felt like, okay, I need something that um, will help me find the, the people that are just Chris Moses readers. Like these aren't people that just wanted uh, tits and ass. These are people that were like, okay, I really liked what Chris was doing. 
and you know you you sort of schedule those in properly where wherever you want them if that's what you're trying to do and, and make kickstarter something that you're trying to you're trying to do on a consistent basis which which i'm trying to do myself and we've really ramped up production this year um and hoping to do more more next year um but yeah i think uh, publisher chris would let him do it with some conditions Does that, that makes sense no that makes total sense makes total sense <laughs> Well, I would I would think that it's probably really pretty hard to hide uh, for for writer Chris to hide things from publisher Chris. Right? <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. <laughs> writer Chris is also all over the place, leaves things out, wouldn't be able to hide it. <laughs> Wasn't really trying. Yeah, these. Yeah, the, the when I I looked through this, just the the line weights on these characters are just they're gorgeous they're such that that can you uh, go up the the characters drawing the the girl and you've got kind of her and the drawing of her right next to each other and it's just such a such a talent for your artist it was so smart of you to to say bam i love your style let's do this other thing because it seems to fit from the outside i haven't read the book but the tone you're going for that art just seems perfect for yeah i mean so the script went through a lot of changes while we were creating it and i feel like you know if there's something to having an artist while you're writing a script or mm -hmm. right before you write your script or right after while you're making revisions um and we we had done a test page and we were trying to figure it out and he just like nailed the humor of the scene and him nailing that helped me really solidify what I wanted to do with the actual script and like mm -hmm. go back and be like, okay, how can we play towards his strengths? Right. How can we make this like something that, um, that people really enjoy, but also make it something that he can actually get done mm -hmm. um, because this is actually his first comic book. And uh, oh, this wow. is somebody that we're, wow. that, uh, that we're developing um, with the help of the great and amazing Ignacio de Meglio. Uh, as as the uh, edit, editor, um, we we're able to, you know, really s craft a project and and like bring a vision to life. And yeah, F, F Killer is amazing. I, I think he's awesome, and I think he's got a really 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 bright future ahead of him. I feel like he's got, um, so you know, there's there's something to. You know, I'll give myself a pat on the back for finding and like being like, yo, let's do this. But at the end of the day, like you can't teach um effort you can't teach people to be engaged you can't teach people mm -hmm. how to know how to study and know how to work and really um push themselves and be motivated and take on a new challenge and you know deliver right this is uh you know and i'm really proud of him for that he did a really awesome job so after you're listening to, to this man we're, you're doing <laughs> awesome let's keep it up and uh deliver a really awesome book um but yeah like it, it's he he's 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 great he's great and he's he's doing an awesome job and i feel like it's really um he's really delivering on the tone and the tone gets it, it ramps up and I, honestly I, you wouldn't believe this but i have 16 chapters of this already written uh, wow <laughs> how many of those chapters would be volume one uh there's two per per volume so okay that we're so eight, eight, I'm, you've got eight yeah. volumes already already written out yeah eight eight of ten eight of ten Dang. so all right okay. uh it's okay it, it, i we're deep we're deep in there yeah i i have to say just looking at this page right here the storytelling is just so crisp and clear mm -hmm. you, you i mean as a writer i like to throw words all over everything because sure. you know, that's what we do right but this page doesn't need words for you to understand what's going on. I mean, this yeah. the storytelling is so strong. And I mean, it's an eight panel page and everything is so clear. I mean, it's that's that's dense storytelling going on right there. It's amazing. You're right. Mm -hmm. the, the artist is amazing. Yeah, no, he did. A, he did an awesome job. And and yeah, I, I think uh, that's that's the benefit of doing things like continuing to doing things and and, you know, ha crafting a great team and a good structure and that's what we've been doing at red sea comics it's we're all trying to push each other and do better than mm -hmm. than we did last time you know and uh really make something awesome yeah and it's a it's always when you have an artist that is um pushing you to make your book better with them as opposed to you having to nudge them to make the book better it's it's not just a better book but it's the experience of making it is that's better cool. You know, it's just, mm -hmm. it's just more fun to have an artist going like, yeah, here, you know, I had the idea that the, the demon my, could do something like this. And like, 
you know, Ludo will send me like four different designs to pick from and all four would be perfect, you know? Yeah. And, and so now I've got to pick which of the four perfect designs to go with from his, <laughs> his amazing mind. Right. And, you know, as opposed to an artist who, you know, just like, we'll, we'll, we'll send you one thing and go, well, maybe this. And then, you know, you don't hear from him for three weeks when you say, yeah, let's try this or that, you know, it's just, it's a more fun process and as you said we all would love to make a little money but until that income is guaranteed right it's let's have some fun let's let's you know enjoy ourselves you know if yeah. i'm making eighty thousand dollars a year i don't have to enjoy my job but if i'm in the whole eight thousand mm -hmm. i want to be having a blast <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and i think it's a must on kickstarter like i feel like you want to be having fun making something with style and some mm -hmm. taste and some spice and uh, some seasoning, you know, like something mm -hmm. like people that make it something that people want because you want it mm -hmm. and, and really just uh, optimize for the platform. And that doesn't mean putting titties on it. It could, it could definitely it could, mean right. that. Right. But, but it doesn't have to be right. Not necessarily make, make something mm -hmm. that you couldn't go anywhere, but Kickstarter to make it. I think mm -hmm. if you start there, then you're going to have a, a great leg up over any anyone else that is just like throwing things together and trying to to see what happens right if you're like okay i want to make a comic book and i want to make a comic book that that will only work if people on kickstarter come and back it and then it's like all right how do i achieve that goal right and then and then your idea can formulate from there and and since that's like how I tackle a lot of things, and that's why going back to the previous question, it's like why writer Chris and publisher Chris, you know, they get along a lot of the time, you know? Yeah. And and if, if anybody's like listened to this in the future and they're like, well, I've got a, I, I answered, I have this unmarketable thing that I want to bring to Kickstarter. That's okay too. Yeah. You just have to figure out how to get your goal down and find success with fewer backers. Uh, it's, mm -hmm. it's okay. You do not have to have 800 backers and $30,000 to be a success. Some books you can have 100 backers and make $3,000 and be a, a bigger success than somebody who needs $50,000 to do their their book with Terry Moore. You know, if you have Terry Moore, you're going to make the $50,000. But <laughs> um, let's say you didn't, you know. Um, so just, and I think it, Pat Shand really um, said that really well. He's like, I've got books that I really, really want to make $40,000 with because of this, that, and the other thing. And then I have books that I, if I, if I make 8,000, I'll consider that a success because of reasons A, B, and C. Um, so just know if, if you don't have a mark, the, if the book isn't easily marketable, lower your expectations and make sure that it's still a win. For sure. And I think there's also just like multiple ways to to tackle turning something into a, uh, a success. Right. Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, you can. So Pat, I love Pat. Pat's amazing. I'm part of the the space between I'm a space between associate now. But but not we, we all can't be Pat, you know, Pat, yeah. Pat is Pat is a one of one. Right. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And it's important to remember that. But there's you, you can replicate. Uh, you're not going to be able to replicate his success, but you can rep replicate success on mm -hmm. the platform, following a lot of the things that he's that he did, but also taking into account other things like you know projects don't need to come out of the gate at, at thirteen thousand, right? Like right. If you take a look at the other things that I've did or done, right? The, my first campaign um, it was the Sound Effect uh, Alpha One. And that made like eighteen, eighteen hundred dollars or something like that. And it was like a hundred and something backers. Um, and the last one we did was Alpha One through Five, and that made sixty-two hundred bucks and had like a hundred and seventy-nine back. It was our best campaign, and we've always just done better progressively each mm -hmm. time. So, and the sound effect isn't a super marketable idea, you know. It's this, it's a spinoff of a, a web comic I did for free um, in twenty twenty. Uh, and it's like it, it's a this big space epic that's kind of confusing and it's all over the place and the, it, like the the continue the, the you can't just be like it's like how do I read this so it's like where do I start you know everything be number one <laughs> exactly it, 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 it can be difficult it can be difficult right. right um 
so it's not the most marketable idea, but it's something that we've slowly over time have been able to build and to make it into something more uh, uh, feasible and successful and marketable in its own right um, by by coming back to the platform and showing that, you know, this is a series that is going to continue and, you know, just being able to build up an audience. Right? I feel like another great example is is Tart, you know, Tart continues to like grow and get bigger and bigger right um and that's because you've been on the platform um going at it and and delivering and making sure people get the, what they want and uh, what they what they paid for um but also like setting reasonable goals i don't see you making you, you don't put your goals at like twenty thousand, you know like you, yeah. you you know how to approach it and take take your ip and continue to make it and make it something that actually works on kickstarter so, yeah i yeah. i I, I appreciate that. I, it's, um, I think that if it wasn't for Kickstarter, I would have had about a six month comics journey and, uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe a year, maybe a year. And, and I, you know, would have been probably, wow, what a waste of my time. And Kickstarter <laughs> allowed this book. And I, and I'm going to say, um, for almost every reason besides me, uh, we have an artist with an amazing style. Um, and we have a sexy redhead that's on the cover and we happen to be going to New York comic-con. So I pegged the first campaign to go into New York comic-con. All three things that I learned after the fact were, um, all positives. I had no <laughs> idea going into Kickstarter that any of them was a plus. It just happened to be that I, I used some of the things now because of some of the things we do, we don't do the full on TNA covers, which I could probably make five to seven thousand dollars more campaign. I'd have to spend three to five thousand more to get the art. So I, it, there's something to do with that. But um, it, it's really all about trying to continue to make the book we want that fits my book and the next book I make hey, maybe it might be something that's more adult and I might be calling you up and asking you how you do all these covers. <laughs> I mean, you could definitely ask. Or you, and, you, know, you also have the man himself, Mr. Six Figs, so I'm sure you'll come on and give, give some great, great advice. Anything that I'd say probably would just come straight from that man anyway. So Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, when, when Charlie or Charlie Stigney or Pat Shan talk, we, we all listen. And if you don't listen, get out of the game because what are you doing you know right uh, not not making money on the platform yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, you you mentioned about you know building your audience and that's something mm. that about kickstarter that just it amazes me because you know we've been trained by the direct market that you know the first issue is gangbusters you're going to lose half your readers by the second issue you're going to lose you know 20 percent more by the third and it's just going to be a downward trend Kickstarter, you start and you and you build. So you have, you know, number two is more, number three is more, number four is more, and you know, you just keep building. And it's it's such an amazing way to build an audience, right? Because you, if you know, you're if will you're like Chris and you deliver quickly and really good uh, and protected. So. Chris yes. is the guy <laughs> whose book came in a monsoon to my house, got completely flooded, and my book came out perfectly fine. So if you're delivering and you're taking care of the books, that that continues in your build. So that's that's something if somebody's watching to to learn from Chris is deliver your books, keep your promises, uh, deliver as on time as you possibly can, which I think everything I've back from you so far has been early if not on time, but also just the care you take with the product. Because when I opened that book, I could tell you cared about your book as much as I should care about your book. I appreciate that. We, we put in a lot into, of, of time into making sure those things go out and get to the people that, that paid a lot of money for these for, for the book, you know, and, and that's mm -hmm. that's important. You got to treat treat your backers well. Um, you know, don't be greedy. Like, don't skimp out at the shipping when they're going to get their stuff. Like, uh, I, I think it's important to know that uh, Kickstarter backers are really awesome. You know, they're 
they're like open for you to be communicative with you know any issues delays mm -hmm. like um and you know they're forgiving and they they appreciate you putting in the time um for to to appreciate them for for mm -hmm. what they do so uh treat your backers well um because they're they're gonna hopefully be the people that are gonna be around for 10 15 20 years backing your books and hoping yeah. helping you you know continue to make new stuff for them to to read and hopefully enjoy absolutely sorry my allergies are kicking and i'm about to sneeze <laughs> no, you're good <laughs> so um from a I, I guess I've got a, a, a strange for you. So you're reading manga, you're reading, you know, the big, the big books, maybe for Marvel and DC, you know, um, but now you're an indie comics guy and, and us indie comics people are not the big guys at DC yeah. and we're not the, you know, the, the million sellers on manga. So there's, was there a kind of an adjustment there in, in what, you know, you, you expected, you know, for, did you just kind of, oh, this is indie. Hey, awesome. Let's, well, let's go. Yeah. I, I honestly didn't really expect much. I kind of just wanted, uh, I just wanted readers at first, actually. Like I mm -hmm. put up my first comic for free online. Um, it's still up today in a website I made, <laughs> not knowing how to do anything with web design and stuff, uh, the Saturn effect.com. <laughs> Um, so like the first three issues are still on there. So I really just wanted people to read my stuff at the very beginning of this. And that's always what it, what it really is. I want people to read it and enjoy it. Um, you know, trying to, uh, you know, put things on Kickstarter and, um, and, you know, sell things. It was just so to continue to make more things really. Um, so yeah, I didn't really come in with any real expectations. Um, I've, I've sort of just been doing, just doing, doing my thing and, um seeing how it all uh, shakes out and the only real expectations are i have are for myself of you know doing better and like putting out better products and you know hopefully doing better on the platform doing better with uh, marketing networking etc cetera, etc cetera. but when it comes to like what, what i expected the the, the community and the indie comics to get to to give to me or, or like allow really really nothing just the ability to to hopefully find an audience and um tell badass stories that people people really like <laughs> awesome man i mean and it, it surprised me when, when i kind of was getting into it that just how supportive the indie comic community is you know it's it's a sure. hey i you know it's not you know i i've got to stop you because if you win i don't win it's really a hey you know great you know chris has got another book i want to support chris let's let's make it happen you know or kevin's well, maybe not yeah. Kevin, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's the, the community is, I, I, it feels to me like it's very, very welcoming and, and eager to help, you know, because I'm, I know I've made lots of stupid mistakes over the years and, you know, being able to learn from other people's mistakes mm -hmm. and then also share my mistakes and have other people be able to learn from them. I mean, it's just, it's kind of paying it forward. And I, and I really think the indie comic community is, especially on Kickstarter is, is there for all of us, you know? Definitely. Definitely. Everybody, everybody's awesome. You guys are awesome. Um, people like <laughs> Pat and, uh, and, and that guy, uh, Charlie Stickney, yeah, like, that guy, <laughs> that guy they're, they're all, they're all awesome. Everybody, everybody's really welcoming for the most part. So, um, and like we're we're all we're all just trying to do do this crazy thing that's make comics and and hopefully not go bankrupt. <laughs> yeah, we we always talk about the the rising tide lifting the boats, but I also when you, you talked about it, it's like when you've got a a pace car, mm -hmm. you know, you know you're 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 going seventy five and the person whips by at eighty five and you drive with them and all of a sudden everybody's going eighty five and it doesn't feel like you're going fast. You get up to yeah. 95. Now, if you get a speeding ticket, that sucks. But when we're talking Kickstarter, <laughs> oh, we all go from making 3,000 to 6,000 to 9,000. And then you've got a guy like, you know, Charlie or Pat who, boom, hits with Clary and boom, hits with, um, you know, I, I, I mean, Thirsty, cheeky. I think. Cheeky. Was Cheeky the yeah, first thirsty. one that he went huge? Yeah, 
Yeah, Thirsty was the first one. Yeah. You're right. He was doing perfectly fine with Destiny New York. Let's let's not say yeah. he wasn't doing fine, but um, <laughs> but then you're oh great, and I yeah I can say this with all sincerity. Um, I can want to make have the readers and have the money that they're coming in, but there's no part of me that's upset that they got it. I'm like okay, right. That barrier, that barrier was reached. Oh, they ran the four-minute mile. That's not impossible anymore. Yeah, I can now run the four-minute mile. Doesn't mean I will, and my fat ass is not going to. But <laughs> it's now possible to 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 do so. And it's it's. I think that's one of the neatest things about Kickstarter, and I, it's something that I learned very early. Is like we are not fighting each other for readers. We are fighting to bring readers to Kickstarter for each other. And we're not going to share them all. But if we share eight to 12 a campaign. That's huge. Huge. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, no, it's 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 definitely great. And I mean, you got to pay it forward to all the, yeah, I mean, you got to pay respects to all the, the creators that came before and like mm -hmm. have been putting well, no on this platform. Like you guys, you know. Not you all the creators time. that came before because when I started, there were some Friggin' shysters on Kickstarter. Right, right. All the yes. people who delivered their books, I'll pay respects right. for. Absolutely. Yeah. The ones that <laughs> gave it gave it a, a respectable name. Yeah, when I started, it was 50-50, man. It was it was rough. But now it's like 90-10. And and usually the ones who aren't, there's a believable reason. You know, mm. I, you don't know if somebody is always telling the truth, but usually like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And it sucks. Yeah. And I just gotta. I got, I'm not going to give names, but I got a, a book that I kickstarted probably six years ago, just arrived yeah. at my, and you know what I thought? Effing good for them. Yeah. Yep. I had forgotten that maybe I, I don't know if I was mad or not, but I had forgotten that I was <laughs> mad and they still <laughs> delivered six years later. I mean, it was probably 2017 that I backed that Kickstarter. And they delivered. And I was like, I respect the hell out of that. Um, Absolutely. Because they did live up to their promise eventually. Eventually. Their, I mean, their Kickstarter career is probably done. And I'm not, I'm not saying that I will back them again. I'm not saying anyone else should. But they have my respect for not giving up. I, I agree for sure. For sure. Six years is crazy. But... Um, <laughs> But you know what? At the end of the day, I think there are plenty of people that would forgive them, and they, they probably could do another campaign. They probably awesome. could. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it would it would not be the craziest thing. The the Kickstarter audience is honestly, as I said earlier, super forgiving, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. um, and and so that's isn't for people to go like, yo, let's not fulfill <laughs> for ten years. <laughs> but it is to say that like. You know, if you approach things and, you know, if you're afraid to jump in, yeah. right, there's like there there is a little bit of leeway that if you, you know, something unforeseeable happens that you not the world isn't over. Right. As long as you yeah. work to fulfill your promises and like stay community, you know, communicate about what's going on, you know, things things will be OK. Right. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, we, we're we live we work in a thing where. An artist can get in a car accident. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you've got three months before they can draw again. What yeah. are you going to do? You know, and but the Kickstarter people are so great about they hear that they're with you. And what I've noticed with Kickstarter that is not true with the direct market. And this kind of goes with what Will was saying when I was having my sneezing fit. Um, you don't have to come back with issue two next month to keep your audience in love with you. Yep. For sure. Mm -hmm. it, if it takes you six months to come back to the platform with the next one, many of your readers are going to be there. You know, I'm sure yeah. there are some that are like, no, I've already gotten, but those are probably people who backed it because they thought it might be for them, read it. It's not for them. And that's, that's okay too. That's, that's part of the process. Um, you know, I, we just watched super Mario brothers on Peacock last week and I was kind of like, Oh, it was fine. And my daughter just couldn't stop talking how much she loved it. And I'm like, well, it was made for her. Mm. I'm yeah. not the target audience that 14 year old <laughs> is. So it's a good movie because the target audience was excited and um, you know, like not every book's for everyone, but boy, if they liked it and you can't get back for six months, they're probably going to back it. 
if you can't get back for eight months, they're probably going to back it. Kickstarter does Kickstarter fans do not um, leave you because you're slow. Um, well, I, and, you and can't the, build as fast if you're slow, but yeah. they don't leave you. Well, sure. And the platform, the platform is, is built to keep them engaged, right? You know, between mm -hmm. updates and between next time you launch, they're following you, you know, as a creator, they're going to get, you know, right. alerted. So, I mean, it's, it, it really, it's such a great platform for just, you know, not just indie comics, which I, I believe is still the most successful uh, category on Kickstarter. Yeah, it's like but it's just such, wow. yeah, it's such a great, it's such a great platform for just creators in general. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, we're talking about creating comics, but you know, people do movies, people do documentaries, people do, uh, you know, novels, they do music. I Tabletop mean, games. Such, yeah. Yeah. It's such a great, it's such a great home for creativity. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really is. Yeah, I agree. I have, uh, uh, you know, I have, I have other things planned for the rest of the year and there, the, the next thing I have planned, uh, you know, has an extra element, an extra creative element to it. And thank God for, for Kickstarter to make it, a, a something that we can, we can make feasible and do. Again, he can't bring that up because of the WGA Sprite. We understand. Right. Yeah. We don't want you to get in trouble with the guild. Um, yeah, no, it's more like I don't want people to be like, "Oh, let me wait for that." I want it's right now. It's I summon the demon. That's the only thing they gotcha. need to worry about. Focus, right? That. We're focusing Focus. in. Yeah. I, I, yep. But every, squeeze, squeeze this tomato for every every drop of juice. Exactly. Yeah. You need every single so you, drop. You said you've written eight eight more chapters already, or just eight total chapters? Sixteen sixteen total. Yeah, oh, eight 16. volumes. Yeah, he's yeah, in crazy volumes. Part. Okay, yeah. gotcha. So, when do you think you'll finish writing the final four chapters? And what does the what does what does a you know publisher uh, um, writer step away, please? Uh, what does publisher Chris think? Um, you know, a schedule for for this title looks like over the, you know, the coming months, what's, what's your, what's your goal to get the, the whole thing? I mean, the whole thing, <laughs> how to get the whole thing out there. You know, uh, this is definitely going to be a multi-year thing. It's going to, it's going to take a while, you know, um, yeah. it's not going to, it's not going to be done tomorrow. It's not going to be done in a month <laughs> and it won't be done in a year. You know, this mm -hmm. is, this is a lot of pages that we got to get through. Um, I would love to hit, you know, three campaigns a year. Um, for for this awesome. title, um, that's mm -hmm. that's what, what where um, we're sort of estimated for. Um, and you know things can change. You know thing we could, you know there's a world where it's four. You know there's a world where it's two. Mm -hmm. um, and you know we try and keep things fluid and 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 uh, so they make sense. We don't want you know F Killer F Killer's um, you know he he's, he's he's a newcomer, so we can't. You know, like we, we want to make sure he's having a good time making comics. We don't want any <laughs> yeah. comics broke me. Right. Some comics ran me into the ground. Like, we don't yeah. want any of that. So, you know, it's going to take a little while to, to get there. But, yeah, three campaigns is where I'm sort of aiming for, um, you know, writing the next four chapters. That's, I mean, soon, probably what, probably just, in the next couple just, of weeks. I'm a, just I'm so a you don't have to think about it, right? If you're that close, just finish <laughs> yeah. it, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. exactly. It's a it's a four port four part finale you know so it's, it's, right. a, it's a big big ending but um yeah i'm it's it's also um it's also the end you know something that uh that we we got to, that i you know powered through and got through pretty quickly so uh it's you know sort of savoring it um but yeah also publisher chris had so writer chris was like yeah we're gonna do 10 volumes and uh, uh publisher chris wrote on uh, the the uh the bible uh part two in case we make so much money that we cannot stop so you know <laughs> there might be there might be more than 10 volumes yeah. coming out there might be yeah. a part three there might be a part seven there might be a million years mm -hmm. of demon i demon and, and yeah, so uh, and and that's publisher Chris and writer Chris. I mean, writer Chris might be a little like I don't know about that many, but 
Um, <laughs> hey, listen, there's we've, we've talked about Charlie and Pat, but there's somebody Charlie and Pat look up to, Brian Polito. I don't see Lady yeah. Death stopping as long as Brian can <laughs> yeah. breathe. I, I don't see them stopping <laughs> uh, printing money with Lady Death. So there's just no reason. Uh-huh. If, if, exactly. if it's working and the readers want it and you yeah, still enjoy it, what's why stop? Why stop? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So can we can we expect because I'm uh, Kevin and I are kind of kind of hardcover guys. Can we expect a, an omnibus? You know, how many pages would that omnibus be like 500 pages, 400 pages? When you're doing uh, TNA books, it's called an omnibus. <laughs> so uh the omni butt would be coming out um, <laughs> so you know it's a great question uh i don't have a solid answer for you yet i'm not sure if i want to do a um like two hard covers like one after volume five and then one after volume 10 that's probably where i'm leaning towards um when that w- will come out that uh, not for not for a while. Obviously, we we'll, we need all those uh, those volumes to be done. Yeah. Um, it'd probably be something that would happen right. in between, um, you know, the first half of of this and then and and the second half. So, um, it it, it will there it will be there will be one. Yes, but it yeah. probably not not for a little while. Not for, there, but not there for will not necessarily only be one. Yeah, there yeah. will not necessarily <laughs> only be one. I got gotcha. you. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There probably there might be there might be uh like you know a one through five and then a six through ten and then a one through ten. You know, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's that works. that's just the, I feel like it would be for the collectors. You know, I feel right. like it's it'll just look nice to have to have it. But yeah, there eventually there will be a, an omnibus where everything is collected in one spot. But um. Yeah, that might not be for years. Oh my god, I'll, I'll be like, probably be like thirty-four, thirty-five by the time that comes out. <laughs> so an old, old man, huh? <laughs> Jesus Christ, man, you didn't have to get, get off my now. lawn. <laughs> <laughs> thirty-five. Well, I, mean, I, st- the- I still wanted to live when I was thirty-five. Oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> Damn. I still had dreams when I was thirty-five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hoping to still have hair at 35. Uh, well, hey, I, I worked out. Hey, listen, I I might be pretty heavy and out of shape, and I might and I might feel like death. But they're gonna bury me. They're gonna bury me with a head of hair. <laughs> <laughs> and it could be tomorrow. But I'm gonna bury me with a head of hair. Yeah, no, it's uh, you know, like the, 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 yeah, the, the the great thing about you know you choosing to do a hardcover or not do a hardcover is it's going to be exactly what you want. And that, I just think that that is so cool that, you know, we as creators can, you know, come back to Kickstarter for a collected edition of some of our work that we make look exactly the way we want to look with a unified trade design, because otherwise it would annoy the shit out of me on my bookshelf. (laughs) (laughs) And then actually, you know, the community comes out and supports us and we get to make that thing. That is just, that's so cool. You know? Yeah. And there's a day where a a truck arrives and they've got, depending on the campaign, five boxes or 80 and they bring it to your door and it's just, it's there, you know, it's so, it's such a beautiful moment when the, when the, the day the books get there is like, it's, it's like Christmas. It's like Christmas. There's, it's amazing. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I agree. I agree. I love. I actually haven't had books come to my door for a while. I actually have to go pick them up, but it's, okay. still, it's still a good feeling. You know, when they come out with the big pile of books, and you're like, "Damn, I'm really doing this." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that came out of my brain. You know, yeah. I, I've done it. I've done it both ways. It feels better when they they arrive, but sometimes oh, yeah. it's a difference of $180 and yeah, I'll drive over and pick them up and I'll, and I won't worry about the feeling for $180. Yeah, yeah, I'm absolutely driving. Um, Yeah. It's nice. It's nice to like the, you know, have a conversation with the, the, the people there. They'll be like, so what what is all, what are all these, these comics? Like, you know, that's, it's a great feeling. Also when you're dropping off packages at like a post office and like people are like really curious, it's like, it's like, yeah, they're comic book. Well, you know, you know, you wink, wink, media mail. 
you know, yeah. and, then, <laughs> and and cross um, <laughs> yeah, cross fingers. Yeah, don't open them up. Nobody, uh, nobody come, has. Yeah, nobody has been able to convince me that they're not media mail. But I know that there's people who say one or the other. But I've had two problems with media mail my entire time doing this, so that's well worth it. Um, but I do send a lot of mine priority too. So yeah, for sure. I mean, that's part. Of, that's also part of. Uh, your 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 strategy right you have you have different tiers for shipping and you know circling back to that it's all about trying to make it work and figuring out creative ways mm -hmm. to use, use the platform to your yeah. your advantage yeah no absolutely if 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 you want me to guarantee you are going to get a book in nice condition i'm going to send it in a way that it's insured yeah. if it gets stepped on you know at some point the post office will pay me back i'll get you another book guaranteed if you want a meteor mail and you want to save five bucks and you got a wrinkle in your book, that sucks. You know, <laughs> yeah. although there was one person yeah. with media mail and she was so nice. She said, I realize that there's no like take backsies. I don't know how she said it, but there's, um, the back cover of my book is ripped off. And I, and I, and I, and it was an email, but I was, I sent her back and I was like, what? Like what? What do you, What do you mean the back was ripped off? She's. I took the book out and basically the back just fell off, and I was like, uh -huh. I'm not that drunk when I'm bagging and boarding. Them. You know, like I'm not that drunk. I'm not just. So I knew there's no way I shoved it in, ripped it because you'd hear that or feel it. What I figure happened is it was one of the people who decided to check the media mail. I figured they looked behind the book for a print or something because they wanted to tag me. And I don't, if it, you don't get a print, you don't get swag if you get media mail because I don't want to get tagged. And I think they just shoved it back in and ripped the the book. Um, that's my that's my Sherlock Holmes, you know, whatever's not, you know, you eliminate <laughs> the impossible and whatever's left is likely the case. Mm -hmm. uh, that person, I sent her a book. You know, I was just like, all right, I they ripped it in half. I'm, I'm not going to make you, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to make you have a book that's ripped in half, you know, but uh, if it's, if the spine's just a little dented and you paid for media mail, it dems to bricks. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, it's uh, just after midnight and Chris, it's always a blast to talk to you, but, but oh, I guess yeah. I guess to get to bed, I got a puppy that's going to get me up in about five hours because she's got to go to the bathroom <laughs> and uh, I <laughs> Yeah, she's she's pretty good, but but midnight to five, midnight to six is about as best she can do. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, it's always a pleasure. Um, do let, let's do another thirty second um, pitch on I Summit a Demon, yeah. just in case someone is popping in. Uh, it, it's the podcast; they've been with us, but uh, we didn't even have you do the thirty second pitch. So let's give you practice for the uh, for the first <laughs> the next uh, comic convention you go to. You know, well, the beauty of this idea is the pitch is in the name, and the title is "I Summon a Demon." And she, she's kind of my type, and we follow college dropout Hajime after he summons a sexy demon named Suki and has to find her missing demon parts. And uh, so we follow along as he has to protect her from a city filled with cultists, witches, and more in search of her power. Awesome! Which for mature fans, nice. Scott Pilgrim. So there you go. <laughs> find us on Kickstarter. You know, if you like uh, if you like awesome cartoony storytelling, or if you just wanna, you know, a little tits and ass, you know, then head over. And, and <laughs> not, 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 nothing wrong, nothing wrong with, with that. Nothing wrong with wanting a little bit of entertainment, whatever that is. All right, it's a pleasure. Have a great night, Will. I will talk to you yeah. uh, throughout All the right. week, but definitely next week. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. <laughs>